Are you listening? Damn. Uh. What is good, my fellow Dynasty Degenerates, my best ball enthusiasts, my maniacs who are waiting for a redraft? It's it's that time of the year where we'll really start diving into values and seeing how it all shakes out. And this week, what I wanted to focus in on is those bargain bin deals. When you're going shopping and you see something that's just discounted or 50% off and you're like, why is that so cheap? I don't know. But I got to get it. That that steak's too good of a deal. Or say it's, you know, half off Cheetos or whatever it is, right? You go, you see this dress you wanted or the shirt you wanted and you're like, what? Why is that thing 75% off? I got to get that. It's too good of a product for me to pass it up. And that's what we're going to talk on this week. We are going to do that. Bargain basement shopping. We are going to focus on players going in the double digit rounds, so round 10 or above in startups, and seeing that these players can significantly gain value for you throughout the season, or they could be impact producers. So they're discounted veterans or they're young pups that the dynasty market fully hasn't bought into, where this time next year they'll be worth a lot more in value. So let's kick it off, shall we? First up, we have the third leg Greg. And I'm talking about Greg Dulcich, the tight end in Denver. And I don't fully understand why he's going in round 12. But if you look at his value, his ADP is a 1203. He's a tight end 16. And the rookie equivalent value is mid to late future second. So you're asking, why is he that cheap? Honestly, I don't know. I don't get it with Dulcich. But if you want to look at some fun stats with Dulcich, here's some things to kind of tickle your fancy. He was third in missed tackle percent, so forced missed tackles. He was fourth in ADOT. He was fifth in intended air yards. He was eighth in routes run, 10th in receiving yards. And like, that's just from a rookie. That's incredible stuff. I don't, I don't get why he's fully developed. Maybe it's the connection in Denver with Russell Wilson, but Sean Payton has always used tight ends. Now they don't always work out. There's that in Troutman's of the world, but you go back, we got Jared Cooks. We got these Jimmy Grahams. We got guys that are actually valuable and produce for you. So with what Dulcich did as a rookie, I don't see why people are sleeping on him. It's it's way too low. He, the 84% route, route participation is really good. His air yard share, 18%. Like, this is good. And the ADOT, 10.6. The man was pushing it downfield. Now, he's not a super elite athlete, but he's a good enough athlete. He's 70th percentile. First score, 40-yard dash, stuff like that. Like, he's, he's good. And what he did is he proved to you playing alongside Judy, alongside Sutton, Hamler, all those guys, it didn't matter. He still carved out a 17% target share. That's incredible. <laughs> and a top 25 target rate with 19%. I don't get it. Oh, yeah. Also, he was using the slot a lot. He was number six among tight ends in slot. With 196 slots ran, like, that's crazy. 40% of his routes were in the slot. That's, that's game-changing stuff from a tight end. So what are we doing? Sleeping. Why is he so devalued? He's similar to – he's similar value to Chig. Um, Chig's the like he's going like four picks later than him, and Dulcich actually was used. The thing with Chig is it's like a very small sample size. Dulcich was actually involved. Now the um, the interesting thing with Dulcich, there have been not a lot of guys who have done this as rookies. So let me show you what I'm talking about. Um, Jacek um, Jacob Sanderson posted this, and it was a tweet where there have only been four rookies who have put up ten plus points per game. And an A dot of nine plus per game. Like, so if he was pushing down the field and he was getting at least 10 points per game, that's Rob Gronkowski, Kyle Pitts, and Evan Ingram. And he's going past to round 10. 
literally, like, that's that's value. That's a good player. He's going to be a good tight end in the league. Now, you could say, well, he's stuck with Russell Wilson. Well, guess what? What happens if they improve in year one with Sean Payton? Where's that value going to be? He's going to skyrocket in value. There's not, there's really not much downside to his costs. Honestly, he's just, he's a very good player. And I don't, I don't understand it. He's, he's the one that screams to me of all these guys. Like, yeah, he's a safe investment. And given how bad the tight end position is, would you be shocked if he's tight end six this time next year? Because honestly, if he produces, I wouldn't be at all. He could skyrocket at least five rounds of value. So that's what we want to see. Guys in that who are young and they have a chance to just gain value. So Dulcich is he's one of the top guys I want to look at. Now, our next option. Now I know you heard this before. It's this Antonio Gibson. Hear me out. We once again had the head coach Rivera talking about they want to involve Gibson more. And this is the same old song and dance, like, oh, burn me again. I'm going in on him. <laughs> but he's round 12 value, RB39. He's a late second. Like, there's not much wrong with that cost. You, you're you getting the pass catcher in the offense. Now, the interesting thing is he actually outproduced Brian Robinson on points per game basis with getting significantly less touches. And why is that? Because targets. He was he had a 12% target share. The guy was seeing plenty of targets. He had 58 targets, and he also had 29 red zone touches, like which I think is a little undersold on Gibson. Now, the interesting thing is, like, he's not going to be a bell cow. Nobody's saying he's going to be a bell cow. That's not what we're talking about. But he's a good running back, especially in PPR. Like, what are we doing? Like, the cost and the downside for him is not that much. So just go get Gibson. You want him on your team. I know it's been super frustrating because he had two top 12 performances. And then last year, he kind of clipped. But he was still 28 in points per game. And he wasn't terrible. It's just 46 receptions. So, like, if you look at the last three years, he's had 46 receptions, 42 receptions, and 36 receptions. The guy's involved. The difference is he only had five touchdowns last year. The year before he had 10, the year before he had 11. He obviously did not have as many rush attempts, but he's still putting up valuable usage. So at his cost, it's like, why not? Now, let's play this scenario out. Do we think he's going to be a bell cow with Brian Robinson there? No, I don't think that's going to happen. But who do you think is going to get more points per game, right? Because touches are in the receiving game. It's like 2.2 compared to a touch on the ground. So... You know how many more touches Brian Robinson has to get to outscore Antonio Gibson? It's that or he needs a significant amount of touchdowns. But Gibson's going to be involved around the goal line like he always is. So I think his range of outcomes is a lot more favorable than it is for Brian Robinson, where Brian Robinson needs significant touches because he was the least efficient running back in the league last year on a per-touch basis. So I highly doubt Washington's like, you know what? Let's fire up Brian Robinson again. Um, Gibson's cheaper. Just go, Just go get Gibson. I don't. I really don't see the discount, like the problem in paying a late second for Gibson. Now, some people are a little bit more bullish on him, so it might take you a little bit more, but that's fine. It's still a second round pick. It's We're not talking about a first round pick. No one's saying it's been a first round pick on Gibson, but there is a path for him to gain value where he's worth significantly more next year, right? If he has an efficient season and he's heavily used in the passing game, like let's wheel it up. Now, the third guy I want to talk about, I know. I'm basically just going down the ship with Michael Thomas. His ADP is in the 13th, like late 13th round. He's wide receiver 60. We're talking about a third round pick here. We're not talking about much with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was still a 20% target share. He had a 20% target rate. He 
he was used and he was good. The problem is just injuries with Michael Thomas, as it always been. Now, the thing is, he's so cheap. If he dies on your roster, is that really a bad thing? If you're at all a contender, just go get Michael Thomas. He's basically just free points. As long as he's healthy, he's going to produce for you. Now, he I'm not saying he's going to beat up Chris Olave or anything like that. He's going to be the wide receiver, too, in the Saints' office. But that offense is desperate for receiving options. We don't know what's going to happen with Kamara. Maybe Kendra Miller is a good pass catcher. I don't know. We know Jamal Williams is not, so that's the thing. Jamal Williams used to be, but he just was a negative passing game last year. So they're they're really looking for that second option. And, yeah, maybe you want to go Jawan Johnson. I don't. That's, that's all you guys. But in round 13, there's a third-round rookie pick. It's like, why not? He's, he's not. He's still, he still has some left of the take. So you're looking for someone to help your team this year. And maybe he only plays half a season, but hey, if he gives you that production half a season, that's a win in the third round pick cost. So go get Michael Thomas. He's he's just too cheap. Like I don't I don't see why we're doing that. So we're gonna move on to the fourth guy. Another guy who's just been forgotten. And that's Ryan Tannehill. Now these are super flex values, so a little bit different. In one QB, I'd be fine getting Tannehill either, just because he actually still has a little bit of rushing upside. It's not what it was a few years ago, but we're talking about 14-round pick, QB 35. He's basically forgotten about. He's a throwing in deals. Go get him added on because I know people love Will Levis and they loved what's face last year, but right hand is going to be the starter in Tennessee this year. And this, it's beginning towards the end. We have a short window with him, but, again, these are contenders. Like This is on your timeline, right? So go spend a third-round pick. Go get Ryan Tannehill. He's not a bad player at all. Like, he was still pretty good last year. Um his fantasy points per game did drop, but he still had a 65% completion percentage. Like he was, he was solid. His air yards were 10th, were top nine in the league. His yards per attempt were top five. So he was pushing the ball downfield at 7.8 yards per attempt. Um, the thing with Tannehill is he's just an efficient player. Like that's what he's always been. They're not going to pass a lot, but he's still going to give you a bit of rushing. So I don't see the downside with Tannehill's cost realistically. Like he's, he had 34 carries last year. He didn't play the entire season. Um, he missed some games, so we would bump that up a little bit. But it's like three carries a game. That's a little boost is what he gives you. And he, he had eight rushing yards per game last year, right? So he's going to give you between like 15, 25 yards per game realistically in that range. And if he does, guess what? That's a couple points to boost up his floor. And if the offense takes a step forward, which is entirely good, like you're, you're talking about a cheap. QB2 and Superflex, or realistically, like a QB3 is a much more realistic range for him. But he's just gonna give you points. Like he's been he's been a productive QB for a while now, like going on four or five years. So I don't mind his cost at all. If you are competitive at all, just go get Tannehill. He's a cheap guy to help insulate your roster. Shocker. Here comes another veteran, because this is what we're talking about. Cheap guys. We're getting into the, the weeds a little bit, round 14, round 15. Um, it's Rashad Penny. He's the most efficient running back in the league last year. He was better than Ken Walker. I know everyone's like, oh, he wasn't. He literally did not give up the job till he got injured. Ken Walker was not overtaking Rashad Penny. We saw Ken Walker's kind of up and down season he had as a rookie. Rashad Penny was better. He was a much more efficient rusher. He was like the best. It was odd. Like a per touch basis, he had 6.1 yards per carry. And the year before, he had 6.3. That's just what the guy does. Now, he's not a pass catcher, but he's moving from Seattle to Philadelphia. And the thing is, Swift's good, but he's not going to take all those rushing yards. Like, that's just not how this is going to work. So we're talking about someone who's RB48. He's an early to mid third in value. He's going to give you production. I don't see really 
the negative with Rashad Penny? Like, what's what's the downside? Oh, he he gets injured and he doesn't like help you out. Cool, you paid a third round pick for him, right? Um, yeah, I just it's it's setting up very well for him. He's behind the best rushing tackle in the league. He's got Jalen Hurts. Like, that's going to free him up. Now we're talking about 200 carries. No, he's never had that. His career high rushing attempts for years, 119. But if he gives you 150 rushing attempts here, that's a win. And he will be impacting your lineup because he's going to be getting those goal line work. He's going to be getting rush, like yardage. So it's, it's basically like, why not? His true yards per carry, he's number one in the league last year, 5.4. It's just Rashad Petty's one of the best rushers of the football of the league. And he did this with the 7.1 defenders in the box, right? He was top three in the league. It didn't matter. They could not stop him last year. Teams could not stop him the year before. Rashad Penny, shocker. He's a very good running back. So go get Rashad Penny. He's at this cost, like, I traded um, a little bit before the draft, so like a month ago. I traded Gainwell for Rashad Penny plus a third. I also traded, I think it was CEH straight up for Rashad Penny. It's like, dude, why not? At his cost. It's like, go get him. It's just, he's not going to cost you much. No one's really going to that investor Rashad Penny. Like, I'm not going to give you Rashad Penny, right? So go talk to a manager. See if you can get him thrown in on a deal or just go to another farm. He's valuable. He's going to be good. Like, I just don't – I don't get his cost at all. Now, player six. Let's go down. Another Bronco. Shocker. Because the Broncos are completely devalued. Now, this is Simaj P. Ryan. His ADP is 1507. He's RB51 in startups. Like, this is pushing it back, right? Third round, like, early third, mid-third. It's risen a little bit because of the whole Javante Williams situation, which is why Samaj P. Ryan's a buy. So if you are looking to contend and you're unsure about your running back room for early on in the season, go get Samaj P. Ryan. He's going to be on the field. He's going to play. Now, Javante Williams may be back sooner than expected. That honestly does not matter because Javante Williams has never dominated the backfield. Even back to his college days, he's never been a bell cow. So is he going to be a bell cow coming off a, a significant ACL injury? No, he's not. So realistically, he's going to be splitting work with Samaj P. Ryan when P. Ryan is on the field and Williams comes back. So this is really a no-lose situation with P. Ryan, right? If you're all contender, trust me, you want P. Ryan. He's going to be involved. I don't I don't really get it. And even if you're in on Williams, don't you want to handcuff that backfield? Honestly, like there is really no downside to getting Samaj P. Ryan. Now, if you're not contending, go flip him for whatever. But if you were competitive, which most teams should be since we're in June, right? You're trying to compete. I just don't see like what's the, what's the worst that happens, right? He doesn't give you as much as you expect to. Cool. You're not paying much for it. This is why this is bargain basement shopping, right? Like even last year, P Ryan saw 51 targets. Like that's not bad at all. And like, he's had 38 receptions last year. He had 27 receptions last year. Um, last year was the most work he's seen since his rookie season. And he was not terrible. Like his yard for route run were top 15. He's solid player. Um, his yard created per touch, 16th in the league. Like he was pretty good. Um, Denver's situation is very interesting where P Ryan could be the guy the first half of the year, right? So you're talking about a guy who's going to get more touches than most people probably expect and be involved early and often. So, and when Williams comes back, he's still going to have a role. That's the thing. Sean Payton went out and made sure they got some Ajay P Ryan. Like they, they want P Ryan on, and they're going to play him. So go get P Ryan. He's super cheap. I just, at his cost, it's like, I want him everywhere. Next up, we have the potential wide receiver one in the Houston Texans. And, and that's Nico Collins. Um, I don't really get it with Nico. 
Nico is going in the 16th round. He's wide receiver 70. Now that is dirt cheap. Like he, he seems almost forgotten about, right? But he still had 66 targets last year in 10 games. He didn't play full season. Um, he had 481 receiving yards. He almost had 10 points per game. He wasn't bad. His target rate was pretty good. He's 24% target rate. His target share, 19%. So Nico improved. Now people are thinking like, yeah, he's Gabe Davis in a worse offense. He's actually been more productive than Gabe Davis, like actually seeing more targets. Um, he's just, he's really just a fun lottery ticket is the way I look at Nico. Because if you look at that, that receiver core, who's going to be maybe John Mechie. We don't know. We've never seen John Mechie play. And then it's just like Robert Woods. They have a bunch of guys, but there's really plenty of room for Nico to separate himself. So it's it's realistically like, why not? What are you, What's preventing Nico if he's at all good, which he could be. It's year three for him. He might finally creep into the breakout. So they need pass catchers in that offense. And CJ Stroud needs people to throw to. So 16th round, yeah, go get freaking Nico Collins. It's just... I don't mind it at all. Like, I'm not saying Nico Collins is going to be this breakout superstar or anything like that. No, we're in the 16th round. Nobody's expecting that from any of these guys. But can he gain significant value and can he give you production? Absolutely. Could it be a round 12 starter pick next year? For sure he could be. He could even creep up higher. So you need to think about range of outcomes with these players. And if any of these guys bust, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, they're not going to cost you a significant amount where you're dependent on these guys to be impact players for you. So they're really low downside moves and they're all guys who have upside in either value or production and a lot of them it's both um the last guy i want to talk about hear me out on this it's clyde edwards round 17 rb57 he's literally a throne we're talking late third value um i get it clyde edwards got stank written all over him he's been underproductive he's just been a bust but is the running back situation that good? Like Pacheco was fine. He was solid running back, but he wasn't anything special. The thing about Pacheco is he, he looks like he runs really hard, but he's not a super efficient back or anything like that. And McKinnon, yeah, McKinnon was good. McKinnon was very productive, but McKinnon's very old, and we don't know how long he's going to hold on to the role. So I get it. But, again, another super cheap guy. We've seen CEH get work before. He's seen over 200 touches his rookie year, but he just dealt with injuries. It's been, it's been unfortunate, but we're, they're raving out him in OTAs this year. Like they love what they see. So he might finally be healthy and he's still around one running back. Teams are going to have interest in him. Say it doesn't happen this year. He's going to sign somewhere next year because guess what? That round one capital props him up. So even if he doesn't work out, you can just hold him on your roster for next year. He'll get a value bump. Then I really don't see the downside for CEH. And even if say, if he was traded, he's going to get traded somewhere where can have a shot to compete. So, yeah, I get it. And guess what? If it all crumbles and he dies on your roster, so be it. He's a backup, handcuff running back that you can hold until he gets a spike because he's not even old. Like, he's he's not old at all. So, he's, what, 24 years old? Like, he, he seems completely washed. People want nothing to do with him. And this is the time you invest in players like this, right, who have pedigree the round one guys or they were really good in college which he had that breakout senior season right so it's i just don't don't get it in round 17 heck yeah i'll happily throw darts on Clyde everywhere that's why i'm in on him this year the chiefs need playmakers i know they keep going after these wide receivers which are sketchy best to say the least right you have rashi Raj, sky Moore, Kadarius, tony you're hoping one of those guys steps forward to help out travis kelsey 
but they're also looking for playmakers out of the backfield. And there's really Pacheco's fine. He's nothing special. So I don't see him, if Clyde Edwards is who we expect him to be, really preventing Edwards from being the guy in the backfield. Like there's there's a range of outcomes where Clyde Edwards is the number one running back for the Chiefs this year. And the Chiefs score fantasy points. They're good for running backs. Like I get it. He's super frustrating. People don't want to touch him because of that, because of how high he was valued and his lack of production. But sometimes you have to be willing to take a gamble. And at his cost, which I've never been in on CEH until this year because of his cost, that's what this game is about. It's bargain basement shopping. We're looking for guys we see value in. CEH, still a good receiving back. He's been he's been fairly efficient in his time in the league. Like he hasn't been terrible. Like last year was not a good year for him. But if we go back previous years, it was better. His stats were really better. So his opportunity share, well, he's a rookie, 60%. His opportunity share last year was 57%. Like that's solid. Even last year, he still saw 38% opportunity share before he missed time with injuries and things like that. So it's interesting to watch CEH. I am at the cost of a, a throw-in. It's literally like, why not? What's the downside to going and get CEH on your roster? No one's going to be like, oh, you got to give me the, a future multiple. No, no one's going to be that invested. Even in one quarterback leagues, right? You just go flip him for some other guy that's a dart thrower to struggle or, you know, second round rookie pick, whatever. Like you can get CEH for a lot cheaper than that. But I'm saying just one QB, so it's obviously, you know, probably – little bit different just because his running back things of that nature so yep this is our bargain basement shopping episode i wanted to thank you for stepping in and watching the show with me um if you have any suggestions put them down below at all the social media places you can chat with me i'd love to hear your thoughts responses all that stuff so anyways thank you for stopping into the ranks fantasy football fanatic i am your host jesse moeller aka j moeller 05 and have a good week, folks. Have you ever felt? Are you listening?